Welcome back, everyone, to another episode of Grow Your Path to Wellness. Uh, this week, it is just me, Amanda, here uh, hosting. Kelsey sadly finally got bit by the COVID bug and is in recovery from that. So we will be excited to see her back at next episode. Uh, also, last time we talked to Dr. Julie Pyle. She's a doctor of chiropractic and also practices acupuncture. Um, and we talked all about the benefits of acupuncture for our physical health. So make sure you go back and check, or I'm sorry, physical and mental health. So make sure you go back and check that out and uh, subscribe and like so you don't miss out on all the new episodes. This week, uh, we had a little change in our guest schedule. We did have um, Ashley Shambrello, who we've had on before, had to last minute cancel for some family needs. So um, totally understanding. And we appreciate that uh, Rachel Dursey is coming on to join us and talk about financial wellness. So welcome, Rachel. Yeah, thanks, Amanda. So happy to be here. I'm really excited um, that you could fit me in. I'm glad I could could fill in for your um, other guest. Um, yeah, so I am Rachel Dorsey and I am a financial wellness coach and my business is Effortless Budgeting. Um, and really my mission for my business is to empower couples to feel comfortable having those money conversations with each other, and then to empower individuals to just feel confident in their money choices. I love it. It's, I have a similar kind of mission in my organization just in life is to empower people with information. Yeah. Yes. A lot of, uh, it's interesting. People are will ask like, what modalities or interventions or theories or whatever. And I'm like, the majority of it is a rapport building yeah because uh-huh. that's huge people yeah. have to trust you and like you um but then secondarily is like psychoeducation like yep. the amount of just educating I do for people and light bulbs yeah. turn on and uh-huh. like shoulders relax right it's just a beautiful thing to watch so I'm excited to talk about that in the financial realm which we haven't had too many episodes on financial wellness um and we we did kind of talk about before how it's a pretty I don't like the word taboo, but like, it still kind of is pretty taboo, right? A lot of people don't like to talk about it and it's wild because our world functions based on money. So we have to talk about this. Mm -hmm. Um, Can you kind of tell us like, how did you get into this and why are you so passionate about this topic? Yeah. If we could just take one side note first, because, you know, you mentioned like their world sort of revolves around money. And actually I read something once that really resonated with me is that there is a good chance that you as an individual are Um, interacting with money on a daily basis. You are either working to earn money for your paycheck or your interest is earning money, right? In savings, or you are spending interest in your credit card debt or you're spending money because you're buying something. So almost every single day, most people are interacting with money. And yet, as you said, unfortunately, it is a really taboo topic. Um, So I'll try to make the story short. It's kind of a long story, but I grew up very poor. Um, and I grew up knowing that money meant anxiety and stress before I even had any idea what money was used for. And so, you know, my whole childhood and into, you know, high school, it was just, I always felt a lot of anxiety. I couldn't do things that my friends were doing and my parents, they were both divorced, but still both of them struggled with finances. Um, and so when I got closer to college age, I just kept thinking, I don't want to live like this when I get older, I've got to figure out a way to just be better with my money. Of course, then I went to college for nonprofit, so I've never made a lot of money. Um, But what I like to tell people is it's much less about how much you bring in than what you do with the money that you do bring in. So um, I started educating myself. I think it's really important for folks to remember that most of this is not taught in schools. I mean, I never learned any of this in schools. I think 
they're getting a little better with it, but I just actually posted a statistic today that more than half of the states, um, high school kids fail or got a C, D, or F in financial education because it's just not taught. So, um, so I started educating myself about credit scores and reports and what all that means and how I can get a loan and what a good interest rate is and when I should use a credit card and all those things that most people just kind of, I hate to say it, but just kind of don't really think about until like they're in that situation. Yeah. Um, and so my money story sort of flowed from graduating college and being terrified, like literally obsessively terrified of having that debt, the student loan debt. Mm -hmm. um, and so I did nothing. I literally never spent a penny except for putting extra on my student loans and I paid them off in three years. I don't recommend that to my clients, but this is my money story, right? Like I have a money story too, just like we all do. And mm -hmm. I became, even after that, I became just very terrified to spend a penny because I just was always afraid, like my money was just going to go away. Cause that was what it was as a kid. So I've had my own growth and learning and figuring out like what the balance is between spending and saving. Um, but as I'm like growing up and graduating college and, and I've always been pretty open about talking about money. I just realized that other people are not. And also other people mm -hmm. weren't as educated as I was, because again, I taught, I self-taught myself and no one taught me this, you know? Um, so I started helping friends and family, right? Friends would come to me and be like, Hey, like, I know you're pretty good with your money and I have all this debt. Could you help me? You know? Mm -hmm. And so I would, for years, I helped friends and family pay off debt or just like get a better understanding or just feel a little bit more comfortable with their financial situation. And then last year, I just decided to bite the bullet and, and make a business out of it. So that, that's my story. I love this. Oh, oh, I can't wait to get into this. It's so good. I think just like you said, I mean, I'm, I'm often on my soapbox again, as part of my psycho ed for people is like, they don't teach this in school and, yeah. and it's a disservice to us. Yeah. Like yeah. I usually talk about it with emotional regulation, coping skills, right? Like if we're not calm mm. in our emotional mind, how are they expecting us to do academics? But that's a whole yeah. other episode. Um, but again, like basic life skills, um, you know, like this is a little aside and a little more personal, but we kind of try to do, I am not like by the book for sure, but we try to do a more Montessori approach with our kid. And they're like thinking about homeschooling and just the amount of like everyday life skills that kids miss is just yeah. wild. And oh, yeah. so it's, it's puts it on us as individuals because mm -hmm. we aren't given it to do that <clears throat> education. So kudos to you for doing it and not just letting the fear take over because yeah. <laughs> that happens often. Mm -hmm. And, yeah. and speaking of fear, I think that kind of takes us to our first point. Um, finances create a lot of stress for people oh, yeah. and that trickles, mm -hmm. that financial stress can trickle into, we've talked before about like the eight dimensions of wellness on this, on this podcast many times. Um, so we know that wellness is not just your physical and mental, there's yes. so many social, environmental, all of those. Um, so can you kind of talk about how financial wellness can impact other areas of our wellness? Yeah. Oh boy. And it does. Um, so I recently read a statistic that 53% of adults are financially anxious and I am willing to bet that that number is very low, um, because a lot of people don't want to admit that their finances are causing them anxiety, which is also part of my mission. Like, it's just such a shame because if 53% if are willing to admit it, that means a lot more are there. And so like, why are we so shameful about it? Because most people are, are feeling some type of anxiety around their finances. Um, but because, as you mentioned, it is unfortunately still a bit of a taboo topic, people aren't talking about it. So they're holding it in, they're internalizing it. They're also thinking it's only me, nobody else is going through this because their friends and family aren't talking about it either. Um, and they feel a lot of shame and guilt. I think like if you do any type of Google search around like finances and, and mental health, you'll see the word shame and guilt. Um, 
it is, it's so, and, and feeling shameful and guilty about decisions that not only you've made in the past that you can't go back and change, but also you haven't maybe done the, the mindset work to figure out why you did those. And so you're still making those same choices and you're feeling guilty constantly about it. Um, and, and you're so shameful that you're not talking about it. You don't want to admit it. Um, gosh, that puts such a burden on your mental health, which of course then trickles down to your physical health that causes you to not sleep as much. you maybe your eating habits aren't good. You're feeling like kind of depressed and you don't want to exercise. And of course we all know that we've all heard it, but I don't know that we really recognize it, but it's absolutely true that finances are the number one reason for arguments and breakups. Um, and, and like my argument with that is, is it's less about the actual finances and more about our lack of communication around it. So if I'm in a relationship with somebody and I never talk to them about my finances and I, or even if it's just a friend and I pretend like I'm fine and my friend wants to go on these vacations and I just kind of do it and I spend all this money or they want to go out to these fancy places and I don't want to admit that I can't afford it. I'm digging myself into this big hole because I'm unwilling to talk about it or, or admit it because it's scary and, and I feel ashamed about it. Um, and so those kinds of things, gosh, they have such a big impact on our physical and mental health. Yeah. I was going to say before you said at the interpersonal relationship, like just the stress and then like you said, shame and guilt. So like I did bad things or I, even to the extent of I'm a bad person because of yeah. this, um, in whatever relationship you're in, if you have that mm -hmm. heavy of a burden on you just with your finances, let alone everything else going on in your life, right. how are you showing up into those relationships, let right. alone the communication part you're talking about, which right. is a whole other skill that isn't taught right. in school, uh -huh. how to effectively and assert assertively communicate. Um, yeah. Especially if you're showing up to a place where you have to spend money and you're, you're, you're uncomfortable with it. Your friends want to go out to these places and you're just, you just don't stand up and say, I don't want to. So you're showing up already feeling a lot of anxiety and probably some depression because you feel like oh, all these people can afford it and I can't, what's wrong with me. Comparing. But remember that there's a good chance maybe that somebody else in your group also can't afford it, but is in a similar situation that you are in and just, you know, are sort of afraid to talk about it. So I know it's impossible. I know it's very hard, but you know, don't judge yourself by other people because they're only putting out there what they want you all to see. They're not, you know, you don't really know for sure what, what they're living with. Yeah. Keeping up with the Joneses. It's not, yeah. it's, not, it's not a thing. There are no Joneses. Everyone's right. just trying to keep up with this imaginary image of it. Exactly. It's actually a good point. And I hope you're okay. Kind of say like going off on a little side here, because yeah. we keep talking about how people don't talk about money. Mm -hmm. And before we go into the whole budgeting part, which I really want to get into, because I think that'll be great. But how do people like, how do people have conversations? Like, yeah. I know that's a much deeper topic and can be a whole episode, but like, do you have any tips or like, examples of things that people could say or ways that they can broach those conversations in their lives that people mm -hmm. can tangibly take with them. Cause I, I love like when I teach to give people tangible stuff they can take yeah. with them. Yeah. So I think, um, gosh, there's a couple things. One is it, it is going to take some internal work to tell, first of all, you have to tell yourself, right. You have to tell yourself, I am not comfortable with my money situation. I really cannot afford X, Y, Z. No, you don't even want to say that. Don't say I can't afford it. Um, my, my money should not maybe be spent in these other categories because, you know, going out with my friends, I want to spend time with them, but going to fancy restaurants is not as important as, as me feeling comfortable with my finances. So the first thing you do is got to tell yourself, you got to get in your own head and tell yourself, like, I am not comfortable with this. My finances are maybe not where I want them to be 
feeling anxious about it and admit it to yourself. So the first thing you got to do is admit it to yourself. And then I suggest two things um, to get started. One is to find that one person that you know is not going to judge you. That could be your mom, your dad, your sister. It could be your best friend. It could be your partner. It could be your neighbor. I, you know, I don't know, a coworker. It doesn't, or, or it maybe it's somebody who like you, you do feel a little bit disconnected to, you know, because so it's not as scary. Maybe it's a therapist, you know. Um, I don't care who it is, but think to yourself, like, who is that one person that I don't feel like will judge me? Um, and and I will feel at least okay, like having some type of money conversation. So you can figure that person out. So first tell, tell yourself about it, then figure out who that person is you want to talk to. Then start really slow and opening up about like, how much did you spend on that sweater? How much was your new refrigerator? Like, I know that might seem silly, but just speaking out loud numbers of things that you spent or asking your friends too. And they say, oh yeah, I just, you know, I got a new, I got new carpet installed. Oh, you know what? I'm thinking about considering that. Would you mind telling me how much that costs? There's nothing wrong with that. People think, oh, I can't ask those questions. Yes, you can. There's nothing wrong with that. I'm just going to keep going off. Um, <laughs> but but like part of it is like, how are we supposed to learn from each other if we're not talking about it? It's like, if I really truly wanted to get new flooring in my house and my friend just got it done, how do I know I'm not completely getting ripped off by the person that I'm working with or the same person is giving me a different quote when they just gave her, you know, so we, we, we've got to learn from each other and we can't learn unless we're having those conversations. So again, admit it to yourself, find somebody that you feel at least mostly comfortable with and you feel like won't judge you and then start really small like start by saying this is how much it cost us to go to dinner yesterday can you believe how much prices have increased or are at the grocery store the other day I spent 150 dollars and I don't even know what I got you know like just start small by saying mm -hmm. those things and then see how you feel yeah and gauge yourself like was that okay did someone judge me for that did someone look at me funny you know like how am I feeling from that and do that and then just you know keep adding on little by little and you'll probably find that if you have the right people in your life that they're not judging you for that and they might be like oh my god thank you for saying that because I just feel like the grocery store is insane lately and I don't know how I can keep up then that's how the conversation starts going um so you don't have to like just go to your friend's group of 10 people and just sit down and throw out your bank statements and <laughs> tell them what all your debt looks like um but start small that that can be so so impactful I have so many thoughts. Okay, let's put them all together. Uh, so one of the biggest things is anxiety breeds, or isolation breeds anxiety, right? Isolation, lack of information breeds fear and anxiety. So the less you're talking and the less you're connecting, the worse the anxiety and stress yeah. on you is going to get. Um, research if you google like you said <laughs> importance of human connection like I don't care what goals you have in your life what wonderful things you're trying to do if you do not have a base of a core human connection with people it's going to be a little rough and tumbly um yeah. so that part is like if we can connect on such a vulnerable level with other people mm -hmm. it's not only good for the financial wellness because you're going to be talking about stuff your emotional and mental wellness mm -hmm. your social relationships but also our physical health like if we're not 
having core connections with people and releasing that stress, we can have a higher instance of disease and heart attack and mm-hmm. cancers and all mm-hmm. of those things. So I know it sounds like, oh, we're just over here talking about money, but it is that serious um, yes. because if you hold that in, it gets stored in our bodies. So yeah, exactly. It's just like, if you hurt your foot, you're going to be walking funny, which then might make your leg sore, which might literally affect your neck. So, you know, I mean, you think like, it's not just one piece, it's all connected to each other. And so we need to take care of our mental health or social, all of it, all of it. It's all related to each other. And if we're not paying attention to it all, and we're really focusing on just our physical health and nothing else, if you've got these other things, your physical health, probably you're probably not going to reach those goals. Mm-hmm. And like you said, how much you might validate another person that's really fearful to say something themselves. Yeah. Yes. that's where the change yes. really happens. Cause then that'll trickle. Right. Cause then that mm-hmm. person will be like, Oh, maybe I can talk to someone about it. Mm-hmm. And that's where exactly. like, then exactly. that's where I get all giddy. And I'm like, that's where like the world changes when we actually open up and talk about things. So. Yes, exactly. Well, I appreciate you kind of going off the cuff and, and sharing that. Cause I think those are really helpful tips for people yeah. and they're realistic things that mm-hmm. people can do. Mm-hmm. Okay. Then kind of like solutions focused. And again, people don't teach this in school. Sometimes, I don't know, maybe at at different schools, maybe now, I don't know, it's been a while, but um, basic budgeting. Like even when I work with clients, I I mean, I'm a clinical social worker by trade. So maybe more like professional counselors or marriage and family therapists don't do this as much, but I go, I don't care. Like I have a history in doing case management. I know if your budget and your finances are stressing you out, you don't have the the groundwork to be working on your emotional and mental health. We're going to get that first. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, but some people are like, what's that? Where do I start? Mm-hmm. So how, mm-hmm. how can someone do a basic budget and how is that helpful to them? Cause for some yeah. people it can be like, ill, like, yeah. I don't oh, yeah. want to deal with that. Yeah. Unfortunately, the word budget, um, <laughs> is a negative word and I don't know why it's not a negative thing. I don't really know where it started, but obviously it's been internalized with us for Lord only knows many, many, many generations. Um, So some people like to say spending plan instead of budget, but it's the same thing. Um, So my philosophy is that you cannot make financial goals or know what your financial situation is unless you make a budget. You just creating a budget, writing it all down is is going to show you where maybe you do need to work on. So like, then you can pick your goals um, and it's going to show you a full picture of your financial health. So that's one thing that I do with my clients when we sit down together and put together a budget. Cause sometimes when you're doing it on your own, you might not be as honest and you might forget some things, you know, but so first things first is a budget is not telling you, you can't spend money. It's not the point of a budget. Um, you are the only one that can tell yourself that, right? Mm -hmm. The point of a budget is to actually have more control over your money, to know where your money is going and to be able to spend it on whatever you want to spend it on. So I like to say people are autopilot spending a lot, right? They're going to Starbucks, they're going to the gas station, they're going here, you know, whatever they're doing, it's $5, it's $20, it's no big deal. And they just don't think about it. Well, at the end of the month, that five or $20 might add up to 300. And Perhaps if you saw that, you might be like, oh, I don't want to spend $300. Those things aren't even important to me. You may also be like, those things are totally important to me and I'm perfectly fine spending $300. It doesn't matter. Mm -hmm. What matters is that you feel good about where you're spending your money. So that's why you should, there's lots of other reasons, but that's one reason why you should put together a budget. Um, So to get started putting together a budget, the way my budget works um, is I have different tabs. I have a tab just strictly for expenses and income. I have a tab for savings. 
which should include your savings goal, like what, how much money you want to save and your date that you want to have it saved by, your debt or the amount you have owed and list it all out. And then I have one for like variable income. If maybe you are, you know, like a coach like me who, you know, maybe has a little bit of a variable income. Um, so on the first tab, you need to write down all of your expenses. I don't care if Netflix only costs $15. You need to write down that Netflix costs $15. Um, if you are in a couple and like you share hundred percent of your expenses, that's fine. But if you have some different ones, you need to have two columns, one for the things that you have and one for the things that your partner has. Um, and write down everything. I don't care if it's $5, write down everything that you spend money on. And those are your general like bills, right? And things that you know, and you need to include things like people may forget, but like oil changes. Yeah, you don't get them every single month, but, but they're very expensive. Yeah, routine maintenance, um, yeah. And typically you're getting them every three to five months. So, I mean, it's many times a year. Um, you need to write down things like your haircuts. Like those are things people don't think of, you know, because again, it's not something you're necessarily doing every single month. Um, and then, and then, so those are literally just your bills. Just the, I would just start there to start with the things that, you know, right. Um, you may not know how much you're spending on groceries and all those things, but write down everything that, you know, then you need to go in and start tracking your money. So how much do you spend on gas? And maybe you know that because you can just literally go back into your credit card if that's what you use and look at it, that's great. But if you don't start tracking it, how much are you spending on groceries? And start writing down everything that we're buying. How much are you spending at Starbucks? How much are you spending on incidentals? How much are you spending on like going out to eat or like fun and entertainment? We've got to track some of those things that we're not sure. It's very easy to say how much my mortgage and my car payment is, but it's less, you know, it's mm -hmm. harder to, to figure out some of the other things. So we need to start tracking it. Obviously put your income in there. Um, and then that is, that is a general, once that gets together, a general monthly budget, that doesn't mean that never changes. In fact, it's going to change because some months are going to be different. Um, and I don't think we have enough time to go into too much of that, but like you, that's the first start or the beginning process is just getting down. What are all of your bills? What are all of your expenses? What are you spending your money on and how much is your income? And then what is that sort of bottom line? What's the difference? Um, and in your savings one, you need to write down what's currently in your savings, what you would like to be in your savings. And it is recommended three to six months of your expenses, which again, until you put down a budget, you don't really know what your expenses are. Um, so then you can make that goal and then sort of your debt or the amount owed. And that needs to be everything as well. I really encourage people if they have a lot of credit card debt, maybe not to include their mortgage. Cause that could be something, you know, that might take 25 years. But if they don't have a lot, then I would I would I would encourage you to do that to put your mortgage and definitely put your car payments. So all of your credit cards, any personal loans you have, home equity lines of credit, your car payment, all those things should be on there. If you owe yourself 401k loans, which some people, some of my clients have taken out, you know, loans on their 401k, all of that stuff needs to be written down. And once that's in place, then you can see like what do you really need to work on. Um, Again, How do you feel about like medical or like student financial aid or I'm so, sorry, student loans being in that? Yes. So everything should be there. But what I want to include or what I want you to include in your budget is the name of the, the debt, the amount, um, your balance. So how much you owe your interest rate, and then what your minimum payments are. So if your interest rate for like medical is zero, which it should be, then you put that towards the bottom. That's not going to be a priority. You're not paying any interest on that. There's no reason to put extra money on it. Pay the minimum payment whatever. Um, but if you see you have a credit card that's $500 and that's your whole balance and it's a 27% interest, that's something that hopefully will stick out and be like, okay, now I can see what I should be working on. Um, 
And and student loan should definitely be on there. Again, I'm not, if your student loan interest rate is 4% in your car, same with your car, like my car loan is two and a half percent. This doesn't make sense. If I have other debt, it would make no mm -hmm. sense for me to put extra on that. Um, but that's where you're going to get the full financial picture of like where you are. Now, you know what your difference is between how much you're spending and how much you're making. And now, you know, you have it all written down in like one sheet, like what does your debt look like? And what is the interest rates? And, and what was my minimum payments? And, and also how much am I spending on my minimum payments? I had a friend mm -hmm. once years ago that came to me. She's like, I don't even know. I just know that I have, I mean, she had like 12 different debts, you know? She's like, I don't even know how much I spent on all those. So that was part of what we did together was we figured out and, and she was spending like $2,000 or something a month. Now she made a, a lot of money, but that's another thing. It doesn't matter. You can make mm -hmm. lots of money and still, you know, not be great with your finances or, or have some struggles. Um, But yeah, just writing it all down. There's so much power in that. It actually should empower you to feel like, okay, I can take control of this. Now I know where to go and I know what the next step should be. Rachel, I'm just sitting here and as you're talking and like, it's, this is kind of like a, a duh, but as you're talking, it's like, how can we do anything with what we don't know? Yes, exactly. I, I use the, the <laughs> metaphor a lot is like, I want to lose 10 pounds, but if you never get on the scale, you'll have no idea if you ever lose 10 pounds. So you have to get on the scale first to know where you're starting from. I'm like, just thinking about any situation in the world. Yeah. Right. Like if, if you don't check your balance, but you're just mm -hmm. like, give me all the money in my account and you just yeah. assume that's right. Or like you're a kid in school and your teacher is like, here's a B and you're like, wait, you didn't even grade the paper. You're like, yeah, but I just think it's a B or like a client comes into me for an assessment and it's like, what's your diagnosis? I'm like, I haven't asked you any questions yet. Yeah. But what's the right. diagnosis, right? Like how do how are we, <laughs> we can't make any decisions without yep. having the applicable information. So it's just exactly. wild that we think we can live in this darkness I guess yeah. is the best yeah. way I can describe it of just like finances are bad leave them over there but I'm yep. still gonna use them and engage with them we're just not mm -hmm. gonna talk about it mm -hmm. it's wild but I use the same argument for people that say well I want to make more money and I say why and they're like their response is well what do you mean well, obviously I just want to make more money but why like we got to mm -hmm. dig into why and the same thing with like when someone says I want to pay off my debt why those are good. I'm not saying that you shouldn't want to make more money and pay off your debt, but we got to figure out why, because yeah. if you have no idea why, and you do make more money, you're going to just frivolously spend it on the things, you know, just, you're just going to spend X number of dollars more. Or if you won't really want to pay off your debt, but you don't know why you're probably going to lose steam, right? Your motivation's not going to be there because you don't have that. Why we've got to like dig in deeper. What is this going to mean for you? Like my friend that had $2,000, she was spending on minimum payments. What is that going to mean for her when she no longer has that $2,000 in minimum payments? Like mm -hmm. we've got to dig into that. So um, yeah, so we, we've got to dig in deeper with our goals too. It's in, And I do have clients come to me and immediately like, these are my goals. And I'm like, well, we haven't even started. Like you've never even put, down the government, put together a yeah. budget. Like we've got to get that first. Um, and then sometimes our goals change, right? But then we also have to dig, just we got to dig in deeper with those goals. Okay. And we're running out of time. <laughs> I could go on. <laughs> yeah, I, and this always happens. Like if Kelsey was here, we'd probably be even worse. Because um, I, I think the thing is that we bring people on this show that I'm pretty sure the majority of our episodes are like new information for most of the population. Yeah. And that just mm -hmm. blows my mind. But it also just gives me the tingles and makes me so happy. And yeah. so I, I just thoroughly enjoy having these conversations. So thank you. Yeah. Um, oh my gosh, of course. 
as we wrap up, I'll ask you to kind of share where people can find you and stuff here in a minute, but are there any like closing thoughts or anything else we didn't get to, or like a mantra or anything you want to leave our guests or our audience with today? I do want to like, maybe, maybe this is repeating myself, but I just want to make sure people heard, like, you shouldn't feel guilty and shameful around your financial situation. You're not taught these things in school. And like, I like to use like sort of the, nobody even mentions finances to somebody until they're like 40. They're like, are you saving for retirement? Do you have enough to retire? And you're like, what, what, what do you mean? I don't even know what I'm supposed to be doing. Um, and so it's not your fault. Like we all have our money story. Right. And, and we were grown up in a way, and then we never were taught any differently. And that is coming into our adulthood. So your shame and guilt, I, I know it's easier to say, but let it go. Like, let it go. It is not your fault. There's a very, very good chance that somebody in your friends and family group is feeling the same way you are. Um, and so, you know, what I, what I really want to encourage people to do is admit to themselves that their financial situation maybe isn't where they want it to be, and then start making small changes to help it get there. Like right now, it's not your fault. If you've never heard these things before, it's not your fault that you've never heard these things. We're not taught these things. Um, but now that you're hearing them, if there's something that's inspiring you, recognize that maybe you're not where you want to be, but that you can get there and start making small changes to get there. Yeah. And because you're not where you want to be is not a bad thing. It's right. a, a moving point. It's a starting right. point. Exactly. Exactly. And you can't, you can't ever move towards your goals if you don't get started. Oh, so good. I love it. And <laughs> even if you are content with where you are financially, not even just being aware of where you are, though. like so there's some yes. people that might not like, you know, have any challenges or like debts or things like that, that overwhelm them. But just the fact that they're not aware of mm -hmm. like, you, you said like retirement planning or anything. It's just, yes. It's, yes. Yeah. Changes and again, just spending your, I just want to help my clients be able to, and I'm going to help everybody be able to spend their money on what they want to spend it on, which mm -hmm. if you're on autopilot, you're not always doing that. Ah, thank you, Rachel. Okay. Yeah, oh so, my gosh, thank you. Um, you mentioned that you do coaching. So can you yeah. kind of, um, here's your, your little plug, <laughs> um, where can sure. people find <laughs> you? Um, and how can they contact you and connect with you? Yeah. Yeah. I do offer sort of usually monthly or bi-monthly, um, coaching sessions with, I do individuals and couples together. Um, and then I also offer like quarterly accountability meetings where you just sort of pay the sum up front, and then you've got four sessions with me throughout the year. And that's really for somebody who you just mentioned, like they're pretty comfortable with their finances, but you know, they need someone to check in with, they want to just make sure they're still on the right path. Mm -hmm. Um, and I, my business is effortless budgeting. So if you search for that, you probably find me, my website is effortlessbudgeting.com. And I have Instagram and Facebook under effortless budgeting. Um, I do a little less on LinkedIn, but my LinkedIn is just my name. Um, so Rachel Dorsey, D-U-R-C-I. Um, if you want to friend me on LinkedIn, um, I post some things on there as well. Um, yeah, so that's where you can find me. I would love to work with folks. And, you know, I do session to session. So it's not, I don't have like a six month program that, you know, like people need to follow. I really meet people where they are. Um, and I had somebody once who's like, I just don't understand my credit report. I just need you to walk me through it. And I did that. So, you know, it's just, it's not, it's really wherever you are. I'm happy to meet you there. Very individualized. Yes. Yes. Not cookie cutter. Like it. That's yeah. my vibe. Yeah. Awesome. I will um, link your website and your Instagram and Facebook so that people can go to there. And I think you have a YouTube channel too, right? Oh my gosh. I totally forgot. I have, I also yeah, have a YouTube channel. Budgeting as well. 
effortless budgeting as well yep okay mm -hmm. all right i'll link that yeah so yeah really good um clips on there so yes yeah the sure. random topics on there and they're usually quick 10 or 15 minute conversations so well, thank you again for being here. I appreciate you coming in kind of on short notice and oh this was Happy so good. Yeah. Um, so we always, you know, you're welcome to come back anytime to expand to. on any of these things. Um, we're always welcoming you back. There's lots to talk about. So I'd be happy to. All right. Well, thank you so much, Rachel. Uh, yeah. For everyone else, make sure that you have your notifications turned on. Um, leave us feedback, comment, all those great things so we know um, what you're liking and what you want to hear in the future. And I did not do great prep because I didn't have Kelsey here to keep me on task. So I don't know who we're meeting with next time. So it'll be a surprise. <laughs> <laughs> um, but everyone take care and we will see you next time. Bye-bye. Bye. -bye. Bye.